on this episode of the Popcorn Diet. It's the final week before the Academy Awards. Get your popcorn ready. Welcome all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie, theater, popcorn, and other delicious movie snacks. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and joining us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. You know, we... uh... We're, we're inching closer to that time of year where it's just movie after movie. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited to wrap up an Oscar season because, you know, ever since they moved the date, it seems like it drags on for forever. It already seemed like it dragged on a long time, but moving yeah. it back almost a full month only increases the amount of time that it seems it drags on. So and, and again, we, we talk all the time about our love-hate relationship with the Oscars. It always feels like when it gets to be right about the time the show's going to be on, it starts drifting more towards the hate um, in the lead up to it because everything's been talked to death. You know, yep. there's yep. Uh, always some some drama. You know, someone's upset someone. There's something... <laughs> some reason something's not going to do well because someone said this or you know someone tweeted this or that or whatever the case may be and so you know it just gets exhausting after a while so I'm ready for the Oscars to come I'm ready for them to go and I'm ready to get to popcorn movies of the summer it happens every year like it literally happens every year where when the Oscar season starts we're all excited because we're coming out of like August, which is usually just a completely or traditionally a dead month for movies. And it's like, great. Finally, we have something to talk about again. And as you said, like literally Oscar season goes for five, six months, like the season, right? The 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 numerous, you know, festivals that are, are out there, the all the different awards bodies that are out there and things like that. The critics choice, the the nominee predictions that we go through and we typically go through. And you're right. There is that sense of like, okay, cool. We're done. Like the same weekend the Oscars are, I, I believe I don't have it in front of me, but I believe that's when like uh, the lost city comes out with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. So it's like perfect timing (laughs) where we're coming out of there. And you're right. Like even a front runner, like Jane Campion can make a tiny little, joke that whoop maybe uh maybe yep. I shouldn't have said that maybe my uh maybe my writers you know should have should have written something a little bit better there um somebody like and I haven't seen controversy around this necessarily but Andrew Garfield just recently mentioned how like if we only stick to playing who we are then there's no imagination which I could certainly see some people in some areas taking offense to in some way shape or form um but yeah i'm i'm happy that we're we're almost done we're almost to the finale again we're almost to our oscar pools and we're we're gonna give our predictions for what we think is gonna win the top six categories uh that we always predict and that's the acting categories director and picture but i did 
at the very least want to mention a couple of really interesting developments because for the longest time, it seems like the power of the dog was just, okay, the power of the dog is going to win best picture and everything else. Eh, who knows? You know, um, Will Smith's going to win best actor. Jane Campion's going to win director. Power of the dog is going to win best picture. There are some races that are still surprisingly up in the air. And I kind of wanted to ask you about them. Obviously the best actress race is full of, I mean, juggernauts. Like we're talking Jessica Chastain, Olivia Coleman, Penelope Cruz, Nicole Kidman, Kristen Stewart. That is a superstar lineup for best actress. Nobody does really their best work. Nobody is really the most exciting necessarily, but Jessica Chastain has been slowly on the rise. How do you feel about, and it doesn't doesn't need to be a prediction, but how do you feel about Chastain versus the field right now? I think it's really interesting that the eyes of Tammy Faye in this performance and people are thinking like, okay, now it's time to give Chastain an Oscar. Uh, I find that very interesting. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, it always seemed, we always talk about how a lot of times it feels like the Oscars, much like sports in a lot of ways is, is a, is a thing of momentum. You know, it's not necessarily, it doesn't always feel like necessarily the best person wins. It always seems like, you know, almost the best plan or, you know, whoever just happens to catch the right wave of momentum, whether it be, you know, certain awards that, you know, are always good indicators of what's to come, whether it be just, you know, the, the Oscar parties and the political side of things that start to come and and you start to feel like certain people are getting momentum. But I think those also can, can lead to kind of misleading things too, because you know, remind me and remind all of us who won the SAG Awards. Uh, Chastain did, I believe. Um, let me did pull she? it up here. I couldn't remember if she did. I remembered. Uh, I remember there was a couple of surprises from the SAG. Like, wasn't Kristen Stewart not even nominated for the yeah, SAG? Yeah, well, that's yeah. So there's, I mean there were some kind of crazy nominations like Gaga got nominated, Jennifer Hudson mm-hmm. got nominated, but Chastain won for yep. the screen. Now remember the actors make up a huge majority, traditionally a huge majority of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. So SAG is usually a good indicator. The Pro- Producers Guild Awards producers are the ones who, you know, are awarded best picture and things like that. But the SAG Award winners, and this goes into my second question as well, but we'll we'll leave it at Chastain for now. The SAG Award winners were Will Smith, Best Actor, Jessica Chastain, Best Actress, Ariana DeBose for Best Supporting Actress, who for all intents and purposes seems to be running away with it. And then over Cody Smith-McPhee, Troy Kotzer for CODA. And CODA wound up winning best ensemble as well which is again are we seeing a coda rise as well but let's finish up on chastain and then we'll talk about coda yeah i think um you know and and obviously we haven't documented this in previous years but i would say 
typically the 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 person that kind of has that momentum going into the Oscars as far as it looks like so and so is going to win it. Yep. Is typically whoever wins the SAG, you know, not that it immediately shifts, but like once they hand out that award, I feel like everybody kind of by default goes to that. And while that's a really good indicator, we've talked about before that it's not it's not 100% accurate no. from year to year case as far point, as who's going to get it. Case in point last year, um, one, two, they got 50% right, 50% wrong. Chadwick and Viola Davis both won and neither of them won the Oscar. So yeah, it's, and that's, it's not an exact science. And that's where I think, you know, this can be misleading, but, time and time again people are going to use whatever happens there as an indicator just because of how often it does predict it and so um i'm not i'm not necessarily sold that she's run away with it um i think you know she i mean i think she deserves to be the favorite from the standpoint of like all the indicators um that we see but I don't know that I'm sold that she's completely run away with it. But I also think looking through the nominees, it's not like any of these, you know, particularly stand out as, as you mentioned, when we started this conversation is other than maybe Kristen Stewart, none of these necessarily stand out as like, Oh my gosh, that was far and away their best work right. type of thing. And so whoever wins it, it's going to feel kind of like a I don't want to say lifetime achievement but more of a sum of <laughs> some of work versus necessarily this specific work was so overwhelming um, and I think Chastain might fall the most into that category um, because Kidman's won an Oscar hasn't she yeah Kidman's won Penelope Cruz has won Olivia Coleman has won so we got three yeah. we got three and uh, some of their that would be in those three cases an example of the sum of their work. Chastain has been Chastain has always felt to me like like and this is going to sound really insulting and I don't mean it that way but like dollar store Kate Blanchett. Like she has felt <laughs> like she is in the running very similar, very similar class, very similar style kind of that hasn't necessarily been as lauded or as rewarded. And then obviously this is Kristen Stewart's first nomination. She's still a really young actress, despite her being on the scene all the way back in Twilight, who much like Robert Pattinson has really diversified her work, has really started doing more interesting performances and getting more critical acclaim and things of that nature. So she, her time, her time will come, Right. Her, her yep. performance isn't strong enough to reward because sometimes best actress goes to the ingenue, right? Like Emma Stone, for example, um, in La La Land. But I don't think her performance was as loved enough in Spencer. And I think Chastain has been around a little bit longer. I think that she was the best part of that movie. She was. Her performance was really well regarded and stuff like that. So we'll see. I mean, according to our, our odd site, she is the front runner, but again, we're talking by a few percentage points. So who who really knows? Who really knows what will happen there? The yeah. other the other one I'm interested on is 
is Coda and the rise of Coda. You know, one of the things that we mentioned. Now, for those of you don't know who don't know, actually, this is something that I want to mention. Really, well, well, we'll mention it after our predictions or between our predictions. But I do want to do like a quick, like rundown of all the best picture nominees and remind people where they can watch them. But Coda was the Sundance um, jury winner. It was incredibly popular Sundance movie. It was bought by Apple for a large amount of money. I think like twenty five million dollars or something like. It's a very large purchase, very large Sundance purchase has been on Apple TV plus uh, for a while. And that's the only way you can watch it. I think it was in some theaters, but you can't rent it. You can't rent it on Amazon prime. You can't rent it anywhere, but Apple TV plus. And it's starting to gain some steam, despite the fact that it's only nominated for three awards. And that's the interesting part is that no movie has won best picture with that few nominations, but Troy Kotzer has been gaining steam, gaining momentum, gaining uh, awards over the last few weeks. He won the Screen Actors Guild. Coda won the Ensemble Award. Coda just won the Producers Guild Awards. Um, Like it's, I think it also won, let me pull it up here really quickly. It also won the Writers Guild Award. So there is this momentum behind Coda which is I, I watched the other day. Finally, you know, it's a movie about family and family has been a very raw subject for me. And it also is just like apparently every movie is about family. Suddenly, like literally every movie right now is about family. But it's a great movie. It's a great little family kind of drama but with some comedic parts in it some funny parts you know the kind of drama that'll make you laugh make you chuckle but also make you cry um really small you know about a deaf family fishing in new england and their daughter who who is the only one out of the family they can hear and the rift that that causes in their lives and very good film and i'm wondering if the academy will do what they have always done which is go to the movie that makes you feel a little bit better. You know, we're, we're, it's representing an unrepresented class in, in the deaf community, the culturally deaf community. I also wonder if they're still not going to give best picture to another gay cowboy movie, not to put it so derivatively, but what do you think about Coda? Do you think that all of these awards that it's stacking up, like, as, as you just said, there's no guarantee, right? There are um, commonalities. There are more, most frequently. So for example, the producers guild award more often than not matches up with what wins best picture, but not always. But so do you, but, but to win the writer's guild, the producer's guild, the actor's guild, that's very interesting. What do you, what do you think that says about CODA's chances? I mean, obviously I think, you know, history has shown us that those are great indicators for, for winning, but obviously still not, you know, any kind of sure thing or any type of direct indicator. Um, I think, you know, you can find any year where, you know, various things seem to have momentum and then they end up 
continuing to have that momentum in the Oscars. And then you can have ones where it seemed like they were just dominating everywhere and then kind of fall flat in the Oscars. And I think the thing to remember too, when is, when does, uh, when did voting close on this? Uh, Do you remember? I think, I think it like, man, I don't have all my important dates up in front of me, but I, the final voting started March 17th and I believe it ends. It, it ended. What's today? Today is 22nd. What is today? Oh, it ends. To, well, uh, when this movie, so we're recording this on a Monday, this episode will come out on a Wednesday. So as we are <laughs> recording this, <laughs> it'll end tomorrow. When you are listening to this, it will have ended yesterday afternoon, March 22nd. So there's, there's still a little bit of time. Who knows? Maybe this podcast might sway a voter well, or two. Well, and, and that's where I, uh, I always wonder, you know, human human nature and the way people react because all these other awards have been handed out prior to this voting happening. You know, you wonder at times whether people say, okay, this movie is just getting love everywhere. I feel like blank movie is being forgotten. I'm going to vote for it for the Oscars because, you know, I think it deserves recognition too. And it hasn't been getting that, you know, elsewhere. Like I could see people thinking that way, you know, and, and obviously you can't say for sure without talking to every, everybody and why they voted the way that they did. And sure, you know, it'd be, it'd be curious to know how many people vote one way in the, in one uh, awards circle you know like the screen actors guild and how many change their vote for the oscars and if they change their vote so i i think you know we go year to year last year was 50 percent screen actors guild um the year before it was four for four but then the year before that it was 50 percent again right so you know and that's always a great indicator and even as you talk about the producers guild and the screenwriters guild, like those are great indicators, but again, not for sure. And so I think there's also sometimes those times where you have that early front runner that looks like absolutely dominant. And then you have kind of that dark horse that comes up and starts winning things close to the Oscars. Mm -hmm. And then that favorite just comes back and, and <laughs> dominates like everybody originally thought it was going to. And so I think it'll be interesting to watch because I do think there's more open races this year than maybe previous years. Sure. Um, I think the, the closest one to a lock you mentioned was a uh, supporting actress. I mean, yeah. that one, that one has stayed pretty consistent. I think, you know, there's only really, it's really to me a, a two person race if it's even that, and that's Kirsten Dunson and Debose. Sure. Um, I don't think anybody really outside of those two has a chance of winning. And I don't really know that anybody has a chance of winning. So, yeah, I mean, she won, Debose. she won Ariana Debose won screen actors guild, golden globe, BAFTA. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I think, 
I still probably, and we'll get into predictions, but you know, as we're talking through this, I don't necessarily fully believe in, in the coda momentum for the Oscars itself, but we'll have to see. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm still, uh, I'm still deciding where I'm going to go for my locked in votes, um, for the bracket or for the, uh, for the uh, pool, but we'll see. It'll be very interesting. Before we get to the nominations, I do want to mention really quickly. I tweeted this out earlier today. Follow at the popcorn diet on Twitter, but you can watch every single best picture nominee right now from the comfort of your own home. You can watch every single one of them, right? The only two that you'll have to spend any additional extra money on that. And what I mean by that is it's, that's not part of a service are Belfast and licorice pizza. Both of those movies you would have to rent, but you can. You can rent them for six bucks. Uh, Rent them digital, watch them right in your home right now. But every single other Best Picture nominee is available to watch. Drive My Car is on HBO Max. West Side Story is on both Disney Plus and HBO Max. The Power of the Dog is on Netflix. Nightmare Alley, which also I still am kind of amazed Nightmare Alley's got nominated for Best Picture. It's kind of crazy if you think about it. Um, But that is available on Hulu. King Richard and Dune are both available on HBO Max. They're both back on HBO Max as well. Don't Look Up on Netflix and then Coda on Apple TV+. So I did the math. It'll take you 23 hours and seven minutes to watch all of those movies. If you haven't watched a single one of them yet, it'll take you 23 hours and seven minutes and you have exactly one week to do so before the best picture is announced. I have three left that I need to watch. I need to watch Belfast. I need to watch Licorice Pizza and I need to watch Drive My Car. Seen all the other ones though. Um, But yeah, I think that's cool. Like again, we can argue about this and we can worry about the state. Mostly me can worry about the state of movies, but it's cool that you can watch every single best picture nominee in the comfort of your home right now. Well, and I think, I think that plays to a part of pushing us back. One of the benefits of that is movies that maybe went in theaters in the fall or early winter, you know, are now available because, you know, we're well past their release. And so they, they don't feel like they're sacrificing box office or whatever the case may be by moving it to digital, um, you know, three months later, not that any of these movies are necessarily box office wonders, which we've talked about plenty before as well. But I also think having it this late, you know, almost the end of the first quarter of the new year and recognizing movies from, sometimes more than a year ago um, (laughs) allows for most of them to be pretty easy to get to. It's true. It's true. So with all of that being said, let's make our predictions for who is going to win the top six Academy Awards. David, do you have the list up just in case? I want to make sure you have your list list up. up. We will start with best supporting actor. Uh, we have Kieran Hines. Actually, how do you? I, I'm always screw his name up. Yeah, Kieran, basically Kieran uh, Hines for Belfast. We have Troy Kotzer for Coda. We have Jesse Plemons for The Power of the Dog. We have J.K. Simmons for being the Ricardos. And then we have Cody Smith McPhee 
for the power of the dog as well. Who do you have for best supporting actor? Oh, you're making me go first. I'm making you go first on this one. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So obviously Cody Smith McPhee just, it, it didn't even seem like it was a race for the majority of kind of this Oscar season. Um, seemed like it was just a runaway for Cody. Um, you know, there was some, some potential talk of maybe JK Simmons at one point, Mm -hmm. but you know, now we've got Troy Kotzer who, if you go on something like gold derby, like every single person is picking Troy to win, but not this guy. Oh, I'm going, I'm going with Cody Smith McPhee. I'm I'm saying that uh the it'll come it'll come full circle and come back to Cody. Okay, okay. Um I think that it's really interesting because everything that you said is absolutely true. Cody's been running away with most things, but one of the things that I think uh happens a lot with best supporting actor it doesn't often go to the young guy. It does occasionally. It went to Daniel Kaluuya last year, for example, but it doesn't often go to the young guy. It often goes to the old guy or the guy that's been around. Now that may seem like Kieran Hines might be likely. And if, if there was a spoiler, I would pick him if I had to pick a, a spoiler, but my guy, Troy Kotzer's out here. He has been campaigning. He has been talking about how he has been a member of the Screen Actors Guild and a member of this 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 business for so long. And so I think they're going to reward him for it. I think that Troy Kotzer is going to take that. So you got Cody Smith McPhee and I got Troy Kotzer. Who do we have nominated for Best Supporting Actress? Nominated for Best Supporting Actress, we have the Dame Judy Dench, Jesse Buckley for Lost Daughter, Anjani, 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 Ellis. I knew I was going to mess that one up. King Richard, Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog, and Ariana DeBose, West Side Story. Uh, we mentioned this before. Going anything other than Ariana DeBose, I think, is silly. I think we've talked about it. I think she has won all of the uh, all of the things that have been thrown at her. So I'm going with her. What about you? Here's the thing, though. If Kirsten Dunst wins this, I don't want to say it's necessarily like because I think if I remember right, supporting actress gets handed out pretty early. Yes. In the ceremony. I think it might even be the first award, isn't it? Uh, Um, I mean, they always change it up. But, yeah, they like to start out strong with the two supporting actors. So if she wins this and Cody wins supporting actor, like this could be what originally it looked like, which was a runaway by power of the dog and be one of those years where it wins you know, one, one movie dominates. It's Uh, true. It's true. You could get a really early indication of that. And I really think she's probably the only person that could take it from DeBose. Um, And as much as I want to, 
go counter again on this one. I'll go ahead and say I, I think it's going to be Debose, but that's one that you know when we get to the uh, the Oscar pools, you know I may be tempted to go the other direction based Ooh. off of kind of the late the late noise. I hope you in do. Hopes of in hopes of picking up a uh, win where a lot of people don't get a win. I hope you but, do. I hope you take that chance. Yep. Ariana Debose. I would go so far as to say is as close to a lock as I can, as I can think I might, I, I think, I, I think, I think there's a, I think there's a bigger lock than, than her that we'll talk about, but I okay. think it's uh I think, I think she's up there. Okay. Best actor again, murderers row of talent here. We have Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos. We have Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog. We have Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom. Will Smith for King Richard. And our, our guy, Denzel, for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Who you going with? Are you going to get cute? Are you going to get cute? No, I, I'm going Big Willie style and <laughs> uh, giving it to, to Will Smith. I don't really see anybody taking it i think again if power of the dog just takes over this oscars then you know it makes sense if cumberbatch ends up uh ends up taking it i think the if there's a dark horse in this for me it's andrew garfield uh okay like if 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 you wanted to go counter and go for someone kind of out of left field that would be I think wild i think he's the uh he's the sneaky dark horse i don't think it's going denzel i just think denzel's been one he's won before mm-hmm. and this role probably isn't anywhere near the top of his performances and so um you know whereas one could argue Tick, tick, boom might be Andrew Garfield's best performance um, of his career. Absolutely. Um, Not that it has tons of great competition, but um, so, yeah, I think uh, I think he's the sneaky one that if you were going to come out of left field with with a prediction. But uh, but, yeah, I, I think it's Will Smith. Yeah, he he's definitely, you know, again, the front runner, not necessarily a lock but a front runner. And the only one who I could see maybe winning is, is Cumberbatch. He's the closest one that we got, but again, Will's just been dominating. So I'm, I'm also going Will Smith going to have to do it. Well, and, and unless we forget the way that the stupid Oscars are voted upon in the sense that, you know, you do that preferential ballot or whatever it is. Right. And so the, the well, that's theory, only that I believe that's only for best picture. Now, I don't think that's act. I don't think that's the rest okay. of them. I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the theory always that comes up potentially is if like Will Smith and Cumberbatch kind of split the popular vote, you know, like you know, people are kind of split on those two. And then 
you know, you get enough people behind a, a third person like Garfield. Like that's the only only way that like sometimes those seem even plausible, but I think they rarely if ever work out. But like, you know, that's that's the type of thing that you think of in your head is that people are there's a good enough group that is passionate behind, you know, someone who's maybe not the the populist vote and the populist vote is split enough on one person that maybe it allows for someone to sneak in and steal it. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's Will Smith. We can, we can move on. (laughs) I agree. I agree. Who do we got for best actress? All right. We got Nicole Kidman being the Ricardos, Penelope Cruz, parallel mothers, Kristen Stewart, Spencer, Olivia Coleman, the lost daughter and Jessica Chastain, the eyes of Tammy Faye. Who you got? This is tough. Um, I could a thousand percent see Nicole Kidman getting this. I could see Olivia Coleman getting this. I am going to go with Chastain. Going to go with Chalk. I'm going with the Chalk. I'm going with Chastain. She has slowly over the course of the last couple of weeks saw her stock begin to rise more and more with more and more wins, more and more accolades, more and more like, why not Jessica Chastain? She's been campaigning. Number one, she's been out there supporting her makeup crew whose awards are not going to be like broadcast during the live presentation. I don't still don't know what any of that is going to look like. Um, So she's earning points with other members of the Academy by not just being an actor and all that. So I'm going with Chastain. I'm going with Chalk. I think she's got the momentum um, to take it all the way. What about you? Well, this is this. I will say before I, before you go, I do believe this is the most up in the air out of any of them. Like the supporting actor one, I think is a two horse race. Um, this literally could be anybody, I think. Truly. Yeah. yeah. You know, we've also got her skipping the Oscars. She's, uh, pot- well, potentially skipping the Oscars, I guess is the word. Um, I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go Olivia Coleman just because I like being different. Wow. And I like Olivia Coleman. And we need some variety in this show. So uh, I can't say that's what I'll lock in on on uh, Oscar oscar evening whether that's what i'll lock in there but as of right now um i'm feeling like i could go i could go that route of uh going olivia coleman i can see a can see a route to a victory for her it's not the it's not a bad pick because she she did have a lot of front runner status up until the start of march basically um all right best director david and if i'm thinking the way you're thinking I think this is the category in which there is a stone cold lock, but our best director yeah. nominees are Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Uh, oh, Jesus. Right. <laughs> Ryusuke Hamaguchi for drive my car. I really hope I got that. There right. You go. Paul Thomas Anderson for licorice pizza, Jane Campion for the power of the dog and Steven Spielberg for West side story. Who do you got? I mean, I think this is this is to me like the biggest lock of of the competition. 
of the awards other than if we go maybe further down the line into some of the not top six awards there might be one that's a little bit more of a lock but sure i think it's i think it's jane campion um i just don't see anybody taking it i mean i don't think spielberg's getting it sorry i don't think pta's getting it i don't think uh amaguchi's getting it no you know if if you if you're a betting person and you had to pick someone you didn't want to go with the favorite you know maybe you go barana for belfast but mm-hmm. i think there's i think there's better categories to go for a dark horse than this one i think it's pretty much locked up yeah and that's and i'm also going with jane campion because both of us i think had the had a very similar um reaction to this movie which is like this movie is gorgeous. It is impeccably crafted. It is amazingly made. It is amazingly photographed. It's amazingly acted. And yet you and I both just found it to be too darn slow. Even the story itself. If I told you, like if I explained the story, like I was, I was walking through the story with good friend of the podcast, awesome Frankie this past weekend. And I was even more excited about it as I was describing it than I was when I actually watched the film. But there's no doubt that it's, again, impeccably crafted. And you got to give Jane Campion, the director, credit for that. So I agree. I think she's I think she is as close as close to a take it to the bank. This is my Stone Cold Lock. My official Stone Cold Lock is Jane Campion. Uh, David, who are our 10 Best Picture nominees. All right. All right. Our, uh, our, our 10 Best Picture nominees. Nightmare Alley. Don't Look Up. Drive My Car. Licorice Pizza. Dune. King Richard. West Side Story. Belfast. The Power of the Dog. And Coda. Oh, man. So... I honestly have no idea what's going to happen. I think it's between Coda and the power of the dog. It would be amazing if Dune took it, but I have a feeling that Dune is going to pull a Mad Max Fury Road and win like six or seven Oscars all below the line. I want to get your prediction for a winner, and I want your... For the gamblers out there, if you had to pick a dark horse that is a long shot, but you think has a legit, even if it's a slight chance, uh-huh. a legit possibility of winning, I want I want both of those picks. Damn, that's tough. I would. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going Coda. I'm buying the momentum. I'm going to say Coda's winning Best Picture. Um a lot of firsts have happened in the Academy most recently. So a movie only being nominated for three awards and winning best picture isn't totally out of the question. Although now, even though I am saying it, it is making me question everything again, <laughs> because if, if it only got nominated for those three things, then that means it didn't get nominated by the other branches for the other things, which whatever that being said, acting screenwriting and producing best picture that's a pretty that's a pretty good pick. I'm going to say Coda. And then I think I had three as like my long shot. And those three were don't look up 
West Side Story and Drive My Car, I think Drive My Car is the one I got to pick because many people, not just in the Academy, but many people like outwardly have have said that that's the best movie of the year. Um, it's a three-hour Japanese drama, but a lot of people have been really impressed with it. So if I had to say, put money down on a long shot, drive my car would be it. But I'm going to go with Coda. I'm going to take the momentum. All right. I am uh, I'm once again going to counter, and I'm going to go the power of the dog. I think... Uh, I don't know. I, I just, I think it gets it done. I think the nominations, you know, speak highly of it. I think I, I do think this is a year where we could have, I do think this is a good year to, to take a dark horse in, in, if you're a gambler only because of the way that the preferential ballot works. Like I just see, a lot of people having different favorite movies or best pictures of the year. And, you know, all it takes is a decent amount of people all, you know, scoring, you know, putting a movie high in their preferential ballot, like giving it a lot of ones, you know, versus, you know, movies that are always in the top three or those types of things. And so I do think, this could be one of those years where something comes out of left field just because it as much as code has dominated recently. And one of the ones that makes me really want to pick Coda in addition to the, some of the recent ones that we've had is that it won that uh, the cast award at screen actors guild. So yeah, to combine the that, yep. the ensemble to combine that with some of the other things that it won, like it, I mean, if I'm going off of awards momentum, I mean, it's definitely Coda. But for whatever reason, I'm going with the power of the dog, if nothing else, than to disagree with you. Um, <laughs> my okay, my dark horse pick, I think Drive My Car is a very solid choice. Yes. It was definitely in consideration for me. I think you could consider Belfast. But I'm going to go with, your boy, Steven Spielberg and West Side Story. I support it. I think, obviously, it would be a very interesting storyline to uh, have the same movie twice <laughs> win Best Picture. Because didn't the original win Best Picture? Yeah. So to have the same story win twice for Best Picture, I think would be obviously super interesting. Um, you know, obviously... It's been a while since when since Spielberg's won Best Picture. When's the last time he won Best Picture? Man, I mean, technically, it goes all the way back to I mean Schindler's List because he didn't win Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, so we we could say he's due. I think it'd be appropriate to say he's due. One more, one um, more late career Spielberg final send off. So I mean, there's always that chance. Um, cause he's definitely not getting director. So, no. you know, maybe there's, maybe there's an opportunity in, uh, in best picture to kind of give that love back, you know, a la Glenn close, um, which didn't happen by the way, 
Um, but yeah, so I think there's, I mean, I still think there's p- potential there. Um, like I said, I think, you know, it's probably Coda or the power of the dog, but I don't think there's many years where you could pick someone that's, you know, right now, according to like gold derby, like drive my cars 11 to one. I don't know what it is on gambling sites, but I'm guessing it's probably even, even better odds or, you know, worse odds sure. of winning. And so to have like a legitimate shot with something that's 11 to one or more, you know, is, is not something that you usually get. And so, um, so yeah, I think, I think this is the year if you want to throw a couple bucks on a, on a dark horse, there's, there's some good options between, you know, a couple of the ones that we talked about, but yeah, I'm going to go with West side story as my dark horse and uh, power of the dog is my favorite. All right. All right. Lock it in. That's what we have. Again, you can watch every single best picture nominee right now from the comfort of your own home. We're going to jump back in our time machine and go 20 years into the past and talk about our fifth annual hindsight awards. But before we do, we're going to take a quick little break. What's up, good movie buddies? Before we continue, I want to remind everyone that you can get free episodes of the Popcorn Diet delivered to you just by hitting the subscribe button or following us wherever you're listening from. So take a second, hit the button, give us a rating, write us a review, share us with the other good movie buddies out there. We also want to remind you to check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash the popcorn diet and consider Becoming a patron of this little independent movie podcast filled with love. Not only is it going to help us improve the podcast, keep the podcast going, but it's also going to give you exclusive patron-only access to things like early episodes, franchise refills episodes, and more. So check that out by going to patreon.com slash thepopcorndiet. Of course, we don't want you to forget that you can also follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at the Popcorn Diet. And last but certainly not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, articles, and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. Let's get back to it. All right, David, we're back. We wanted to do uh, not the not the longest bit on our hindsight awards, hopefully, but um, this is what we this is our fifth year in a row doing this. And I think a couple years ago, we decided originally when we started doing this, we did three different time periods. We did five years, 10 years and 20 years. And then we decided we hey, maybe we should get some more mileage out of this and just take 20 years. Look back 20 years to see what has stood the test of time. So what we're doing is we are trying to essentially redo the 2002 Academy Awards, which were 20 years ago. Now, those looked back on the films of 2001. So just to give you a little little picture, David, into 2001 again, the top, top movies of that year, the first Harry Potter film, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, first Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings and the Fellowship of the Ring. Monsters, Inc., Shrek, your favorite movie, Ocean's Eleven, Pearl Harbor, The Mummy Returns, Jurassic Park 3, Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes movie, hold hold boy on that one, and Hannibal were the top 10 movies of 2000 and, and 2001 
which were then nominated and eligible for the nominations for the Oscars in 2002. Here is what was nominated that year for best picture. It was Moulin Rouge in the bedroom, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, Gosford Park, and then A Beautiful Mind won. Ron Howard won best director for A Beautiful Mind. Halle Berry won best actress for Monsters Ball. Denzel Washington won best actor for Training Day. Jennifer Connelly won best supporting actress for A Beautiful Mind. And Jim Broadbent won best supporting actor for the movie everybody talks about, Iris. (laughs) Which is, again, one of my favorite parts about the Hindsight Awards is that some of these movies, while I remember them, and while they are, I'm not saying any of these movies are bad, some of them just are not in the conversation. Just they are not part of the vernacular. They are not part of the zeitgeist. They are not part of the culture of the film culture and things like that, that other films are right. Lord of the Rings, for example, has more staying power than in the bedroom than any of those movies. You know, if we're being honest, but it also gave us an opportunity to look outside of some of the movies that were released movies like enemy at the gates movies like Bridget Jones diary movies like the fast and the furious, David, (laughs) that was the year the fast and the furious came out. AI, artificial intelligence, wet, hot American summer, um, Donnie Darko Zoolander. We were just talking about sports movies. Hardball came out this year. Ali came out. I don't know why I just said it like that. Ali came out this year. Royal Tenenbaums. I am Sam. Black Hawk Down. Some really, really great movies came out this year. Rush Hour 2. Rush Hour (laughs) 2. A Knight's Tale, I said. Um, The other. Warcraft Tomb Raider. The Princess Diaries. Some like some. Some some really spy important kids. some really important movies, both spy kids and spy game. So mm. double spy, double feature, but legally blonde. Legally blonde was another one. Yep, as 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 a matter of fact, legally blonde may be coming up in just a little bit. But what we do is obviously mm. we go through and we try to pick what what has stood the test of time, not just for us, not just for us on this podcast, two straight white American males here, but for other people, for other conversations, for, for everybody as universally as possible. Right. And so we picked 10, not when I say we, I, I mostly went through and did this and when we're really just discussing it just to put a pull behind the curtain a little bit, but we have 10 nominees for the hindsight award for best picture, David, and here they are. You can tell me which one you would pick or if you would have thrown another one in there. All right. the, the nominees for best picture are A Knight's Tale, Black Hawk Down, Legally Blonde, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, Moment- Memento, Monsters, Inc., The Royal Tenenbaums, Ocean's Eleven, Shrek, and Training Day. Now, I will say before we get too far, you can go to the popcorn. You can do all go to popcorndietpodcast.com, go to articles, vote on these right now. 
You can go to our Twitter handle. We tweeted it out. Vote on these awards right now. But those are the 10 that we have. Out of those 10, David, who would you vote for? Oh, well, I, I think the ones that I feel like I I have to mention that, you know, could have been considered as well. Yes. Within there would have been, you know, having Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Um, you know, obviously it started that franchise much less much like Fellowship of the Ring. The Fast and the Furious also started that franchise. Very true. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yes. For, uh, for mostly for the effect that it had on movies going forward. Although, did that one come out in 2001 or was that a 2000 movie? No, that had I to be. I on the box office for, uh, yeah, it was a 2000 movie. It was, so but, but it probably ignore, ignore had, that. it probably had, it probably creeped into 2001. It did. It came out in December of 2000. So that's go. why that's why I was showing up in my box office lists for uh, 2001. There you go. But other than that, I think you've got it pretty much covered. You know, obviously, if I'm going with my favorite, it's it's obviously Ocean's Eleven. Right. But I know you're also and a big Lord of the Rings fan. I am a big Lord of the Rings fan, although I think, you know, while the first was fantastic, it's it's definitely my least favorite of the three. Sure. Um, and the and the fact of the matter is, is, the fact of the matter is, the hindsight awards format might make it even more likely that Return of the King wins because we know the greatness that that trilogy brought. Yep. Yep. Um, you know what? Forget it. I'm I'm going. I'm going. Ocean's Eleven. I was going to say, what we are we talking of, about? <laughs> we we have a lot of franchise starters in this year, which I think is interesting. Um, a lot of these movies got a lot of them, not just one sequel, but multiple sequels. Yes. Um, which I think is really interesting. You know, Shrek, Ocean's Eleven, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. I mean, those are all movies that kicked off the Fast and the Furious. Um, even Legally Blonde got a sequel. You know, there's a lot of movies in here that Spy Kids got a, another movie. Um, <laughs> you know, there's there's a lot of movies that kicked off, you know, a franchise in here, which it's true. You know, speaks speaks to their impact too. So, yeah, but I'm going. I'm going Ocean's Eleven. I don't yeah. care. My I, I was going to say I would have been shocked if you picked anything else. Um, it was really hard for me to. I also went Ocean's Eleven. That movie just means too much to us to, to not mm -hmm. not give that the award. But that's us. You can go. Like I said, you can go on our website right now. You can go on our social media right now and vote for who you think should win Best Picture. Let me go through who we have nominated for Best Director. We'll kind of speed around these last ones here. Uh, we kept all of these down to the five categories as we usually do. This one, again, one of the things about looking 20 years in the past is you just realize how um, there wasn't that many directing opportunities for women. There wasn't that many really that good of a role, you know, for women as well. 
Um, so the, the wiggle room is kind of really difficult here. But for Best Director, I went with, uh, as far as the nominees go, I went with Christopher Nolan for Memento, Peter Jackson for Lord of the Rings, Ridley Scott for Black Hawk Down, Michael Mann for Ali, and Antoine Fuqua for Training Day. Um, I believe that I picked Ridley Scott to win because Black Hawk Down is literally like had to be directed by like a general, like all of the action, all of all of the actors, all of that. And to direct all of that is crazy. It's like it's crazy that Denis Villeneuve didn't get nominated for Dune because he had to orchestrate all of that. So, like, this is the opportunity to give Ridley Scott his Oscar, which I don't think he has one. Uh, although I don't want to get too crazy um, and give it to Black Hawk Down. Uh, but what about you? Who would you give it to? So this one's a, a, a Taurus race for me. Um, he hasn't you know, won I think one. Chris, Good. I think Christopher Nolan, um, for the way that that movie is constructed, um, I think is well-deserving of, of being in this in this category but you could argue maybe that you know has more to do with the writing which he he got acknowledged for um not in winning an oscar but i believe believe he was nominated um in there i think i gotta go with i'm going with peter jackson you know i'm uh we kicked off we went into this world it's uh it was a new world for us it's a big there's a lot going on in that movie um and for i mean that was a huge investment by a studio and a huge risk to invest that heavily and for it to go that well um in a movie that is long and and doesn't really have that much excitement in it especially when you compare it to the movies that follow um for it to be as successful um you know i, I give i gotta give peter jackson the props and, and that's my lord of the rings fanhood coming out a little bit definitely respect and and agree that uh this is a great opportunity to give ridley scott his oscar i also think uh fuqua could easily get it for training day yeah uh, this one was a tough one i mean i'd love all of these directors and what they did in each of these movies um so this one would have been a, a murderer's row funny enough it would have been i would have had an easier time picking the actual oscars list of directors than i would have the list that you put together oh yeah yeah for sure the the i mean altman and david lynch and even i mean let's be honest the, the original list was a murderer's row as well like you have ron howard obviously ridley scott still was over there peter jackson was there but robert altman is a hollywood legend and david lynch same thing like you're talking yeah. about a very widely respected list of nominees that were still there but but yeah jackson putting that together and launching that launching that trilogy and the gamble of what that trilogy was like it's undeniable Let's talk. Yep. Uh, let's talk. Best actress. This one was a little tough. I'll be honest. This one, I didn't want to nominate Judy Dench for Iris or Sissy Spacek for In the Bedroom as great actresses <laughs> as they are, and as good as those movies, I'm sure are. Nobody is talking about them. Nobody even references them. They really didn't make a dent in in society much. 
Um, so I went with Halle Berry from Monsters Ball, Nicole Kidman from Moulin Rouge, Renee Zellweger for Bridget Jones Diary, Reese Witherspoon for Legally Blonde. You know, I love nominating comedies because they never do. And Audrey Tattoo for Amelie because that was the only other one that I could find that I was like, this makes sense. And Amelie was actually one of the first, I don't want to say one of the first, like that would be asinine, but one of the first foreign films that I was aware of that kind of had like a crossover into like mainstream American culture. Um, Certainly not the first one ever, but definitely one that I recognized at a young age. Um, Who would you, who would you give the best actress hindsight award to? I'm, I'm disappointed. You had a perfect opportunity. Michelle Rodriguez for Letty. Listen, uh, I'm not Shea Serrano. All due respect to Shea Serrano, uh, who is uh, a great author and works at The Ringer. I do not bow at the altar of Michelle Rodriguez. Julia Roberts, Ocean's Eleven. Supporting, if anything. As a matter of fact, did I nominate her for supporting? I think I did. <laughs> what about... Uh, uh, what's her name in Hannibal um, well the fact that you said what's her name in Hannibal number one isn't the, <laughs> isn't the strongest Julianne Moore in Hannibal taking over for Jodie Foster who won an Oscar for her role downgrade couldn't do it couldn't do right. it couldn't do it all right worth what mentioning about, uh, worth uh, mentioning what about uh um, another what's her name in Shrek? Oh well, now you're getting <laughs> into a, Fiona. <laughs> now you're getting into a much larger conversation about um about animated, if, uh, if voice performances and animated performances should be nominated, which they should be. They should be a category, but we don't have the time for that. Vin Diesel should be nominated for Groot. Maybe, maybe there could be an argument. The fact that, the fact that. He recorded that in, I think, every language. I think he did the Yo Soy, Yo, Yo Soy Groot. I'm, I'm almost <laughs> sure. It. I'm almost sure that he did. But yeah. I love it. All right. So I got to pick one. Um, yes. Man. I think I'm going to go. Oh, I'm so interested. I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go Renee Zellweger. Wow. Just picking one out of left field. Wow. That is, I mean, she, I did, was, she is a Texas girl doing a British accent. I was tempted to go uh, uh, Reese Witherspoon legally blonde. I mean, and actually, you know what? I'm switching. I'm going Reese Witherspoon. Whoa. You talked to you. You talked yourself into talking it. My, okay. I think those are the, those are the only two roles that I still hear anybody talking about. I mean, okay. obviously, the only reason people talk about Halle Berry and Monsters Ball still is because that's where she got her Oscar. Um, obviously, she does a phenomenal job in that movie, and and it was a well-deserved win. But I don't know anybody that watches Monster Ball anymore. No. Um, and so, yeah, I'm uh, I'm going with the only two performances that I've heard anybody talk about anybody quote anybody reference out of this list so those are all excellent points you're not wrong 
about any of those. And I'm not saying I feel like the way I'm going to frame this is going to make you seem like an asshole. And that's not my intention. I really don't intend to be. I don't I do not intend this. Right. Bring but it one, on. one of the few African-American actresses to win best best actress um, and and for such a visceral role and for such a moment. The night that that happened and what that represented. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm keeping not that you are trying to get rid of any of that. That's I, I totally understand. But that's why I'm sticking with Halle Berry. Sticking with Halle that's Berry fine. for that Valid particular points. reason. Valid all right. points. All right. That's not what the hindsight awards is about, but that's all right. It's true. <laughs> In hindsight, that was a historical win, a historical <laughs> benchmark in history that I will maintain. Let's put it that way. There you go. Um, all right. Best actor. Best actor. I went and we kept Denzel Washington from Training Day and then replaced everybody else. Uh, we put in instead Heath Ledger in A Knight's Tale, Guy Pierce in Memento, George Clooney in Ocean's Eleven, and Ben Stiller in Zoolander. I went with Denzel. Like, I'll just put it out right there. Like, that's like Denzel in Training Day. You don't get more like culturally relevant. King Kong ain't got nothing on me. Like when Chappelle's show and Wayne Brady does a parody of you, when like you get parodies made of you, you're in. And so that's why I'm sticking with Denzel. Yeah, I uh, as much as I'd love to go any ocean. Um, I think, you know, going back to my hindsight rationale that you, uh, berated <laughs> in your previous speech, um, I think, I think of all the performances, Denzel's the one that still would be talked about the most of all of those. I love Guy Pierce in Memento. I think what he had to do in that movie is, you know, fantastic, but Again, it's more the the composition of it. Um, I love obviously the Ocean's movies. I love you know Zoolander probably is the only one that maybe gets talked about as much or or more than Denzel. But <laughs> I can't can't in good right give it to uh, to Ben Stiller for Zoolander. So I'm going. I'm sticking with Denzel as well. Yeah, it's Alonzo I mean, Alonzo, Alonzo Harris. Just the. The ultimate bad cop. The ultimate bad cop. Um, all right. Best supporting actress. This one was tough. This one was really, really tough trying to find five like long standing nominees because, like, again, Jennifer Connolly for A Beautiful Mind, and then Helen Mirren and Maggie Smith for Godsford Park. I mean, yikes. Marissa Tomei for In the Bedroom. I love me some Marissa, Marissa Tomei. Don't get me wrong. And then Kate Winslet for Iris. So we're talking four out of the five nominees. Nobody's really talking about anymore. So I went and I kept I kept Jennifer Connelly in A Beautiful Mind. Added Kate Blanchett for Lord of the Rings. Julia Roberts for Ocean's Eleven. Emma Watson for Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And I threw in, again, a comedic performance. I threw in Jennifer Love Hewitt in Heartbreakers, which I am, I'm not going to 
pontificate on very much, but that was a very important performance for me uh, in 2001. Um, but she's fantastic in that movie. She's that movie's legit funny. Sigourney Weaver, my guy, freaking Gene Hackman, and Jennifer Love Hewitt and Ray Liotta. Uh, so I threw her in there because this is our podcast and my hindsight awards. But uh, who do you got out of that list? No, no Princess Diaries love. No, uh, no Judy Dench for uh, for supporting. <laughs> no, uh, Anne, no, Anne uh, Julie Andrews. Or, or Julie Andrews. Yeah. What did I say? You said Judy Dench, but I mean, oh, yeah, pretty close. Ju- Ju- Julie Andrews. That's a fair Mandy point. Moore. No Mandy Moore. <laughs> uh what what other uh supporting what about uh i guess she probably would have been lead for uh save the last dance julia uh, i will see this is what we're talking about david is there are very few supporting actress performances that were really able to be pulled from honestly michelle rodriguez was in the conversation she was like the sixth on the list what about uh you could have done uh you could have gone away from Michelle and gone with um Jordana Brewster? Yeah. <laughs> Thought about it. Thought I trust me, I it was nobody likes the tuna. The last two nominees, David, were Emma Watson for Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and Jennifer Love Hewitt for Heartbreakers. It's not exactly like the list was super long. So it was tough. It who, was tough. Who plays opposite who plays opposite of Jack Black and Shallow Hell? Get out of here. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow is not, although I will say I asked myself, shallow how Gwyneth Paltrow, does that is that something that in hindsight we're talking a lot about? We're not. We're just not. We're right. not. Right. Can't, I'm sorry. <laughs> also, is that movie problematic now? Maybe I think maybe <laughs> maybe a lot. Probably doesn't uh, age well. <laughs> who was uh, who was in blow? Who is uh, uh Penelope all Cruz? Blow other than Johnny Depp, I think Penelope. Can Cruz? we get P- Penelope some some love in this? Maybe this, she this was, category is just it's a struggle as we've talked about when we was, go in hindsight. A lot I think of she it, I think she was the lead, so I think she'd be a lead actress. But right. again, like right. with the way that the Oscars work, they would have probably nominated her for supporting to give her a chance to win, but. Yeah. It's, right. I'm telling Who you. Who are my options again? I've, I've thrown you. out too many names here. It was desolate. Kate Blanchett, me the options. Kate Blanchett for Lord of the Rings, Julia Roberts for Ocean's Eleven, Jennifer Connelly for A Beautiful Mind, Emma Watson for Harry Potter, and Jennifer Love Hewitt for Heartbreakers. And I stand by those five. Stand by them. <laughs> I think some of the ones I threw out are just as competitive as uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. I didn't, there, say, but, uh... I didn't say they weren't. You're not wrong. I'm, I'm, you know, in a, in a, uh, you know, obviously the answer here of, of these options would most likely be Jennifer Connelly for Beautiful Mind. That being said, I'm going with Tess. <laughs> I don't care. Does Give he make me Julia laugh? Roberts. Does he make you laugh? He doesn't make me cry. Make me cry. Give her the Oscar. Give her the hindsight awards. This one was really tough for me as well. Um, if you say Jennifer Love Hewitt. I won't. I'll have a, a monochrome of respect. Um, 
I honest, I honestly don't know who I'd pick here. I might pick Blanchette's one two, right? She won two, so to give her a third one here would be crazy. I think I'd stick with Jennifer Connolly. You know, I think Jennifer Connolly is this is a it's a really solid performance. Jennifer Connolly is an amazing actress. Um, the only one I would maybe pick above her is Emma Watson, simply because like Hermione and and the way that she portrayed Hermione in the first couple, like when they were still really kind of kids before they started growing up, like are, are like incredible. Like, and they have inspired a whole, girls of all ages of all generations. So, you know what? Screw it, man. I'm going to give it to Emma Watson because of her performance thank, in Hermione. Thank you. There. Because one could argue Jennifer Connelly wasn't a supporting role anyways. It's true. So it's true. But there there's the Oscars for you. Um, all right. Our final our final category before we wrap this up. Best supporting actor. We have Ethan Hawke for Training Day. Eric Bana for Black Hawk Down. Ian McKellen for Lord of the Rings. Brad Pitt for Ocean's Eleven. And Paul Bettany for A Knight's Tale. Funny enough, Paul Bettany in uh, A Beautiful Mind, but I would argue that A Knight's Tale is kind of like his breakout because he played the the announcer. You know, he plays the guy who jumps oh, up know. and says, so, so "Oh, I, I forgot my introduction." Um, oh, I'm and, aware. And I it's... threw Eric Bana on there because I think he's just the best uh, out of all of the actors in that movie he's the coolest like he's he plays hoot and he's the one who's just bike riding and he's he's the he's the badass of that movie and i just always thought eric bonner was super cool in that movie and i thought his performance was awesome uh so i threw him in there as well but but yeah pretty solid list um brad pitt only just won his oscar but i'm gonna give it to ian mckellen uh, number one, same thing with Gandalf, like taking a beloved literary character and nailing it the way he did, uh, especially when you consider that Sean Connery was the first one pitched for it. Um, he's never won an Oscar. He's a beloved actor in Hollywood. The dude is responsible for numerous memorable franchise roles. So I'm giving it to Ian McKellen for Gandalf and Lord of the Rings. What about you? As much as I'd love to give it to Rusty. <laughs> I I agree with everything you just said about Gandalf. Ian McKellen deserves it. Give it to him. Lock it in. Lock it in. And again, like an iconic performance. Something that like he's great as Gandalf. And those movies weren't really lauded for their acting. You know, it, I don't think it. The, uh, I think this is the only only film that picked up any acting nominations, even though everybody was saying Sean Astin should get nominated for the third one. So yeah, Ian McKellen, lock it in. Uh, and those are our hindsight awards. The survey is out now. We will come to you after the Oscars with our reactions and with our uh, results for the hindsight awards. But that is going to do it for us. Before we go, I want to remind you all again that you can get free episodes of the Popcorn Diet sent to you just by hitting subscribe or hitting that follow button. So take a second, hit the button, give us a rating, write us a review, share us with your other good movie buddies. We don't want you to forget to check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash the popcorn diet. Consider 
supporting an independent film podcast when we are still finding ways to support film in all ways, shapes, and forms. That's patreon.com slash the popcorn diet. Of course, we don't want you to forget that you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram at the popcorn diet. And last, but certainly not least, you can find all of our latest regular episodes, vote for the hindsight awards and more on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson. And we'll see you next time reacting to the Oscars on the popcorn diet. Adios.